the themes of Christmas. My, we're living into those. This is a wonderful season of the year. We, uh, we find ourselves uh, uh, instilled with a, a, a deep peace. Uh, we, uh, we know joy. We hold fast with hope. And we uh, rejoice over the fact that we are new creations in Christ. We have uh, all seen them, those uh, before and after photos that offer a, a glimpse into how different things can become if given a chance. I, I've assembled uh, some, what I think are some interesting before and after pictures. Uh, one is of uh, a Viking axe. The, the top picture was uh, found some years ago, but of course we know it to be, uh, to be ancient. Uh, it was cleaned up and uh, looks uh, in the after picture uh, there at the, at the bottom. It's interesting how things can, can look different if, uh, if, really, uh, if really dealt with. Just like this car, the one that's uh, sitting really at the middle of a junkyard and then uh, under uh, a craftsman's hands can really uh, come out looking uh, like the, uh, the, the bottom photo there. And then there's this, this one that's going to be all too familiar to every one of us. On the left, uh, the dirty oven, and then with a little help of a, the self-cleaning oven and a little bit, bit of elbow grease, uh, there you have it, a clean, a clean oven. We switched to one that's a bit more serious. Uh, the picture at the top is uh, from 1945. Uh, it's right after the, um, the atomic bomb uh, explosion uh, in Hiroshima. And then below, a, 220, a 2020 photograph of Hiroshima uh, as it stands right now. A great transformation, to be sure. Uh, life out of uh, just utter desolation and destruction. And then finally, and I find this to be a real favorite, it's uh, before and after of a chair. Uh, the, the after is uh, the result of having undergone the, the craftsmanship of the, of the uh, master woodworker. Uh, that craftsman's touch makes all the difference and turns uh, a chair that's uh, rather plain into one that is really a, a thing of beauty. The before and after. Uh, the after is uh, the potential of what can take place if we allow it. All these uh, photos, if you will, these before and afters, uh, bring to mind the potential of all things being transformed. That sort of transformation just goes on all the time. And we consider what uh, can take place for our own lives, how we were before and how we are after as we encounter and have Christ a part of our lives. It is Jesus who is quoted as saying in uh, Revelation 21.5, Behold, I am making all things new. We claim that for our lives now, and certainly uh, for, for things later on in, in eternity. Behold, I am making all things new. Indeed, that's true. Christ is always making things new, particularly when it comes to the lives of those who seek to follow Him, those who seek to place their faith in Him, to offer themselves wholeheartedly to the one who is able to bring great trans transformation. As Christians, we are a people of the, the new life. Our lives have been transformed by the great gift that is Jesus. 
And we celebrate that great gift here this season of the year. And as we celebrate that great gift, we understand that we have been transformed and that he is continuing that work of transformation. In Christ, what was old is now past. The new has come. Paul writes in uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17, a, a passage that we quote often, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that person is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. I pray that you claim that for your own life. Paul gets to the whys and wherefores of that passage from 2 Corinthians when he writes in uh, Romans 6, verse 4, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into a death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. You see, Paul ties our new life in Christ to Christ's death and resurrection. It is a death that brings the hope and promise of forgiveness that offers the, the beginnings of, of new life for every one of us. We are released from the very things that hold us. We are released from the, the guilt that, that, that so weighs us down. All of this on account of what Jesus does on the cross. We are redeemed. We find ourselves freed. And it is the resurrection of Jesus that offers hope in him, not only now, but forevermore. And so we, uh, we find this new life in Christ tied to his death and resurrection, which gives us all hope, all life, and the grand potential of being made over into his likeness. New life is ours in Christ. We have been uh, transformed by the great gift that is Jesus in the world. In Christ, you and I are made new. We become new creations. Do you ever think about that? Do you uh, consider that for your own life? How the newness of Christ has brought newness to your life? It's always good to start over, isn't it? And when we think of being a new creation, when we think of newness, we, we bring to mind uh, many things, but, but certainly what it means to start over. I remember a fellow back in uh, preaching class years and years ago struggling through a sermon that he was preaching uh, for, uh, for the class and before the professor. He was struggling mightily. And he even stopped uh, uh, in the middle and he asked the professor, can I start over? It's a little tough to do that in the real world, in the real preaching world, if you will. Can I start over? But the uh, the professor granted that permission, and the fellow did that, and off he went. Starting over is just a part of life. And we do that all the time with, with jobs around the house. We'll try one way and then do another way. We, we start over it at work. That, that certainly is, uh, uh, takes place all the time when it comes to our work life. We even start over when it comes to relationships. Relationships are always being renewed. Relationships are always taking on that different lilt. We're always starting over, making things new. The do-over is commonplace in life. 
Who of us hasn't asked for a do-over when playing a game? Who of us hasn't said, boy, I, I would really like to have that one back? That's a, a common phrase on the golf course, particularly when it comes to my golf game. Uh, the mulligan uh, is a big part of playing golf, particularly in those uh, charitable golf scrambles. Uh, you, you purchase mulligans, and, and basically a mulligan is, uh, is an opportunity to, uh, to, to do things over. You're allowed to try again without penalty. Given the state of my game, I could purchase a dozen of those and, and really not have enough. Mulligans uh, really um, don't so much translate uh, into real life. As we know, uh, in some circumstances, uh, uh, do-overs aren't always possible. Sometimes when the damage is done, the damage is, is done. But thankfully, the do-over is a part of the, of the Christian life. Maybe not so much in the, in the whole of life, but, but goodness, it is very much central to who we are as a, as a people of faith. The do-over is a part of the Christian life. It's fundamental. People presenting themselves to Christ and becoming new creations. If anything, the, the Christian life uh, is a life that, that celebrates not only the opportunity to start over, but to celebrate the new life that follows. What Jesus uh, did on the cross paves the way for the sweet release of forgiveness. We've already talked about the importance of that for every individual. That uh, new life, that power of Christ also sets us on the, on the, the path of leaving uh, old things behind while setting the stage for, for new things to become front and center. In a word, we are being made new. And as we are being made new, we, we, we begin to emerge with the grand assurance that, that Christ continues his work. We are made new creations, but he continues to make us new, to draw us to that place, that deep and, and fundamental place to where we are indeed becoming more and more like Jesus. Think about that on the journey to becoming more and more like Christ. Talk about being a new creation. I am thankful that Jesus is uh, doing that in, in, in my life. I gave my life to Christ years and years ago, and I claim the fact that I became a new creation in Christ. But I also claim that he has continued to work, continued to journey with me, continued to lean into my life, transforming me, molding and shaping me, making me different today than I was yesterday. He's bringing me to the place where I am becoming more and more like him. Some of you may be uh, reading the Advent devotionals that are uh, coming from the the annual conference office. Last week, a, a friend of mine, Troy Elmore, highlighted an author from, uh, from Seabed Publishing. Uh, his name is J.D. Walt. Uh, Walt lifts up what he calls the, the concept of the second half of the gospel. 
I like that. I, I read it first and I thought, what, what is he trying to say here? And then as I began to understand what he was, was saying, I, I began to, to really warm up to it. The, the second half of the gospel. According to Walt, the first half of the gospel is justification. That, that, that time, that season, that point of decision of, of giving one's life to Jesus, where, uh, where, where sins are forgiven, where their repentance takes place, where one is going in, in one direction and now going in the other direction toward God. The first half of the gospel is justification, being made right with God. We, uh, we find ourselves then approaching this second half of the gospel. And according to Walt, he, he says that the, that has to do with, with sanctification. That long journey of life, of walking with Christ, of allowing Him to mold and shape, to transform, to, to bring us to, a, to that sure likeness of Christ, where God continues to work in our lives to the place where we are, are, are coming, to, to where He wanted us to be, designed us to be all along. The second half of the gospel. God continuing to create a good thing in you and me. God is always creating. He is always transforming. He is never done with us. And if we take the time to, to contemplate such things, as we step away from the, the busyness of life, as we step away from all that, that tends to captivate our attentions, and we begin to, to look at that journey and to affirm that we really are different today than we were yesterday. We're, we're different uh, right now than we were, say, a year ago or, or many years ago. Christ doing His thing in and through us. I've always been stirred by what is written in the affirmation of faith from the United Church in, in Canada. It, it reads like this, We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. Did you hear it? God has created and is creating. That is His way with us. He is the creator of all that is, and we are included in that. And as we find ourselves before Him with faith, willing and, and ready to give our lives to, to Him through Christ, we become new creations in Him. The old has passed, the new has come, but yet God does not stop there. In His Spirit, in the good news that is, that is His Son, God continues to create, to make for a good work in each and every one of us. When it comes to, to, to new life, that is to the new life that is ours in Jesus, I fear there's some things we've forgotten. Again, we're new creations, but yet we, uh, we tend to have a degree of amnesia when it, when it comes to such things. And, and because of that, we are the lesser for it. We have forgotten from whence we have come. We have lost sight 
of our former life and how different that was. For some, that's, uh, that's right uh, front and center. Uh, something that they consider just how starkly different life is now in Christ. But for so many, that sort of thing is forgotten. We have also forgotten how far we have come. Christ has brought us a long way. Have you ever thought about that? He's brought us a long way, and we do well to remember that and to thank Him every day for the good work of drawing us from an old life and bringing us into the new. We've also forgotten to remind ourselves that there is so much yet to come. The great not yet of our Christian lives keeps us at the edge of our seats, or at least it it should. We should stand in, in, in awesome anticipation of what Christ is about to do next in our lives, to where we cannot wait for the next great thing that He is about to do, the great not yet of our Christian walk. You remember the story of uh, Jesus' encounter with the Pharisee Nicodemus? The two of them were, were, were talking about what it means to become a part of the kingdom of God. Now, Nicodemus approached Jesus. Uh, he had some, some questions to ask. He, he, he was really struck by Christ. He, he wanted to, to dig deeper with him. Nicodemus sought Jesus out in the dark of night. He was a Pharisee. He didn't really want to do all this in public. He, he wanted to, to, to meet Christ sort of on the stealth to, uh, to, to get some things worked out. And in that conversation, Jesus flat out tells Nicodemus, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. In talking about such things, Jesus is talking about the new life that is possible in him. It's like being born again. John writes a bit earlier about how we are able to, to make that come to pass, how that sort of thing is able to, to be translated into our lives, that stuff of being born again. He writes in John 1, verses 12 and 13, yet to all who receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. As we offer ourselves in faith, as we believe in Christ's name, we are given the right to become children of God. We are born in Him. Born again, if you will. New life comes. Comes at that point in time of acceptance It continues to to be worked out in our lives as we journey with Christ. We are new creations. All of us have been there. We have all been to the baby nursery in a hospital, and we find ourselves mesmerized by the 
the babies that are there, row after row of, of newborns, notwithstanding the, the one that we came to see. We're, we're always trying to tap on the window, trying to do this, that, or the other to get a baby's attention. You know, I've walked past a, a nursery many, many times in the, <clears throat> in the hospital to, to see a mom who is, um, who is there either just having given birth or getting ready to do so. And as I pass by that nursery, I almost laugh at everything that everybody is doing. They're jiggling around and tapping on the glass and trying to get everybody's attention. We'll do almost anything to get the attention of a baby. There's just something about a newborn that puts our focus right on them. That certainly is the case when it comes to the birth of Christ. We're seeking to... uh, to, to gain his attention, certainly, but we want long to focus upon him and to know the, the difference that he can make in our lives. You may have seen the, the marquee at, at our neighboring church uh, just uh, down 42 and off uh, to River Road, Herod's Creek Baptist Church. There on their marquee, it says, a baby changes everything. A baby changes everything. And indeed, that's the case for one who just has a baby. Uh, it's certainly the case as we celebrate the fact that Christ has come into the life of the world as a baby. Jesus changes everything. He changes everything. The world has never been the same since his birth. Jesus changes everything, including our lives. During the weeks of Advent, We have encountered the the great themes of Christmas. To date, we've talked about love, joy, and peace. We we consider today the great theme of new life. We we find ourselves talking about that that great theme and how it applies to our lives. We we affirm the the brightness of of a new day that is always before us. Indeed, we, we need to find ourselves excited each and every day at the prospect of the great things that, that, that God, through Christ, has for each of us. If anything, the, the, the birth of Jesus reminds us about the, the miracle of new life, particularly the new life that is ours in Him. So hear this. The story of Christ's birth is that New life paves the way to new life. New life paving the way to new life. The the new life of Christ paving the way for new life in our lives. You and me, think of it. The birth of a baby paving the way for new life to gain entree into our lives. So the story hits us every year, the story of Christ's birth. And it encourages us to, to no end, no, longer, no, no wonder that we, we call this season the, the brightest of all. Even at the darkest time in the, in, in, the, in the calendar, it is a bright season because Christ, his presence lights the way. New life is ours in Jesus. New life Ours in Jesus. Hear it again. New life is ours.
you and me included, new life is ours in Jesus. And so we, uh, we revel in the fact that new life has come. We, we hear the story every year and find ourselves not only encouraged, but deeply inspired to turn with faith, to give our lives anew to the one who is born, the one who lived, the one who died and rose again. Let's hear that grand story of, of new life, of birth, giving way to the, the possibility of new life and birth, new birth in our lives. From Luke 2, 1 through 7, we hear these uh, great words. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the, the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to, to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger and because there was no room available for them. So this is good news, good news of great joy. It is good news of great joy for all people that unto us is born this day in the city of David a Savior, and He is Christ the Lord. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to all upon whom his favor rests. Let's pray together. Thank you, O God, for the new life that is ours in Jesus, your Son. We thank you for the hope and promise that he offers our lives. We thank you, Lord, for the the opportunity to be forgiven. We thank you for the opportunity you give us to repent, to turn, and to make our way back to you. Lord, we thank you for the new life that you offer. Thank you for the great work that you do in our lives. It is our prayer today that you transform us, that you mold and shape us, Lord, we pray that you would have your way with us. We look forward to the great things that you have in store. We pray, Lord, that we would revel in the newness of life that is ours in Christ. God, we seek to lay ourselves in your care. We long to experience your warm embrace. Lord God, we, uh, we pray that as we... Uh, huddle around the manger. May we be struck by the new life that is there. And may that same new life bring new life to us. We thank you, Lord, for the gift of, of Christ. 
We thank you, Lord, for the hope that we have in him. We praise you, Lord, that you claim us as your own through what you have done in your son. Lord, bless and keep us. And may we be held fast in the new life that is ours as your children. This prayer we make in the name of Christ, the one who is born, the very one who lived, died, and rose again. Amen.